The FDA removes restrictions on the abortion pill, making mail-in abortions available to women. And Democrats introduce a bill to expand the United States Supreme Court to 13 justices. I'm Mark Harrington, and you're listening to Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support Created Equal by going to createdequal.org. So today on the program, I have as my guest, Dr. Marvin Alasky, and we're going to be talking about some of this breaking news, uh, as well as his new book, which is entitled Abortion at the Crossroads, Three Paths Forward in the Struggle to Protect the Unborn. Uh, Marvin, thanks for being on the program today. Oh, good to be with you, Mark. So, Marvin, I, I you know I got a chance to read the book. I've also uh, this is kind of a staple with us. This book here, Abortion Rights: A Social History of Abortion in America. This is probably the best book that I know of, talking about the history of abortion. But when you uh, came out with this new book, it piqued our interest here at Created Equal, and uh, I've been going through it. And I want to get to that. But before we do, I want to get your uh, thoughts on the breaking news yesterday that the FDA has removed restrictions on the abortion pill, making mail-in abortions now available to women. This is reversing the, the Trump administration's position that the abortion pill should have regulations on them. They call them REMS. These have now been removed because of supposedly because of COVID. My fear is that they'll never be taken off. I mean, that the, this uh, this problem will be with us forever, and that is that women will be able to get abortion, the abortion pill, without a face-to-face meeting with a physician. They'll be able to do it over the, uh, you know, over over mail or online. So, uh, how do you read this? Well, bad news. Uh, not only mm-hmm. reversing the trend during the Trump administration, but potentially reversing the progress we've had over 25 years in the abortion rate steadily going down. Right. Lead to an upsurge. And yesterday I happened to see a speech Abraham Lincoln gave in New Haven early in 1860. And he was talking about slavery, of course, but a lot of what he said is applicable to abortion. Uh, He talked about uh, uh, how if you see a snake in the road, then you just are going to stop it. Uh, quite quickly, a poisonous snake. And then he said this, I'm quoting here, but if there was a bed newly made up to which the children were to be taken and it was proposed to take a batch of young snakes and put them there with them, no man would say there was any question how I ought to decide. Namely, there you kill them. If the snakes are already in bed with the children, you have to be careful. If uh, If there are no children in the bed, you can kill them right away. And that's what we should try to do with this terrible decision to stop it now before it starts a, a big increase in, uh, in abortion once again. The, the speech text has, uh, after he, he made that, uh, that witty comment, prolonged applause and cheers. I don't expect that if we take a strong pro-life position, we're going to get prolonged applause and cheers, but that's exactly what we have to do in this bad news development. Yeah, it is. As we know, uh, and I've been telling our people for a long time, 40 percent of all abortions now are uh, pill abortions. That is abortions that use chemical instead of surgical means to kill babies. 
And it's really changing the dynamic of the abortion battle. Uh, it's much more difficult to convince women not you know, to take a pill uh, in comparison to having a surgery that would uh, kill the baby. So it really is a paradigm shift in the abortion debate. And this is bad news. Very predictable coming from the Food and Drug Administration. We kind of expected it to come. But I think we're a little bit behind the eight ball on this one, and we're going to have to pick up for lost ground. Uh, again, my guest today is Dr. Marvin Alasky. He's the editor-in-chief of World Magazine. He's also the dean of World Journalism Institute. And he's written 26 books, including this one here, Abortion Rights, which I think is a staple if you want to understand the history of abortion, and his new book, which is called Abortion at the Crossroads. And you can pick that up at Amazon uh, online. So, uh, Martin, the, the other uh, thing that was uh, the breaking news yesterday, last night, in fact, was the, uh, the, the House of Representatives, the Democrats in the House of De Representatives are introducing a bill to expand the United States Supreme Court to 13 Justices. Now, this comes right after the Biden administration saying they were just going to uh, have a commission to to evaluate, to, to research the possibility of adding justices to the Supreme Court. And I told my wife last night, I can't keep up with the pace of this this takeover that we're seeing. Uh, it, it, it's really dizzying. I mean, it's 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 such a fast pace. It's hard to keep up with all the the things that they're bringing our way. How do you read this? Is this, uh, I mean, I, I think it's kind of unexpected. I didn't expect this to happen so quickly. Well, I read it as a bow to the Democratic left. And mm -hmm. I hope it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Uh, but as you say, the pace of change has been rapid. And so we just have to keep keep watching those snakes. Yeah, I mean, I, I with you, I don't know if it'll ever get through, but if they do expand it to 13 justices, I assume that, you know, he, that Biden can uh, can put up four new ones right away. I mean, that would immediately change the calculus on the on the Supreme Court and doom Roe v. Wade for a generation. So this is a huge threat. And I hopefully we can marshal the resources to to stop it. So, Marvin, I, I want to spend some time on the book. Uh, this is the book's called Abortion at the Crossroads, Three Paths Forward in the Struggle to Protect the Unborn. I love how you frame the uh, the argument or the, 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 the you know, the, the message of the book by referring to The Great Escape, which is a, a movie a long time ago, 1963, that talks about three different tunnels that were being uh, created by POWs in Germany to try to escape. And you liken that to the three uh, strategies, if you will, that the pro-life movement has employed over the last 50 years. Uh, one of them is Tunnel Tom, the other is Tunnel Dick, and Tunnel Harry. That's taken from the book, or, or from the, the movie Great Escape. I'd like to go through each one of these and just briefly discuss them with you. Uh, these are the three strategies that historically the pro-life movement has used to address abortion. Uh, some have worked, some have not uh, worked so well. So let's start with Tunnel Tom. You talk about Tunnel Tom being electing pro-life legislators, passing laws, and appointing the right justices. How has Tunnel Tom done in the last 48 years? In the last 48 years, not real well. Before that, it was, it was helpful 
last 48 years, it's really been disappointment after disappointment. There has been some trimming around the edges uh, mm -hmm. with states having things like uh, uh, required ultrasound tests and uh, waiting periods and parental consent or at least advising. So that's helped a little bit. Uh, uh, for the most part, our hopes have been disappointed because the Supreme Court repeatedly, even back in 1992, when there was an expectation there was a pro-life majority, there was an expectation the Roe would be repealed, uh, the Casey decision just upheld it. So um, I am hopeful that this new court will reverse Roe v. Wade, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah. And with the Trump administration, a lot of people got our hopes up. And we did get two justices on the Supreme. I'm sorry, three, right? We got three. three. On, right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, you know, that was a huge step forward, I think. Uh, but maybe it's just a respite in between the mix of, uh, you know, what we're seeing now with the Biden administration. Uh, what do you think about putting our eggs in the federal basket? I know there's been a lot of effort towards state legislatures passing laws and even locally uh, taking ownership over the abortion issue politically. Well, I'll go back to to my uh, metaphor from the movie The Great Escape. You have three mm -hmm. tunnels. You see which ones you can be most successful in digging in. If one tunnel is found not to work, then you move on to the next. So right now, the, the federal tunnel, uh, as far as legislation is concerned, seems blocked. Uh, yeah as you have an adversarial uh, legislature and you have an adversarial president. So uh, right now, it's, it's not really hopeful there. The Supreme Court may delight us, but again, I wouldn't count on it. So that's Tunnel, tunnel Tom electing pro-life legislators, uh, passing laws, appointing pro-life justices. And then you talk about Tunnel Dick, and this is the blockading of abortion centers, exposing abortionists. And some of the other measures, uh, like, you know, unfortunately, uh, killing doctors, blowing up clinics, those kinds of things. Let's talk about Tunnel Dick. Uh, I take it from the book that you're not a big fan of Tunnel Dick. You don't think that helped us a whole lot? Well, there's a wide spectrum. I suppose direct action includes uh, picketing abortion centers, uh, praying in front of them. I'm all for mm -hmm. that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I can see that's been effective in immediately saving some lives, but also shifting public opinion, which in the long run we have to do in order to succeed. Right. But if right. you go to the other extreme, uh, shooting abortionists uh, yeah. is definitely wrong, both biblically mm -hmm. and pragmatically. Uh, it actually helps the abortion cause when, when people do that. Uh, Operation Rescue was a, was a great attempt, and a lot of wonderful people gave uh, lots of their lives to it. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't work mm -hmm. because the media, which were very supportive of the civil rights movement in the 1960s, and that's what Operation Rescue was based on, those media that, were, that supported civil rights were pro-abort. And they constantly disparaged Operation Rescue, made it seem different than what it, what it was. And, you know, it's too bad. Again, I admire the, the courage and, and determination of the people involved in it. But when you don't, when you have the media so strongly against you, as was the case then, uh, it predictably was not going to work, and it didn't. That's right. Well, you know, I, I got my roots out of Operation Rescue with Randall Terry, Flip Benham, and others. Uh, you know, it gave rise to a lot of great activists who are still mm -hmm. on the front lines today. Uh, obviously, we shifted tactics uh, at some point because of the 
the, the law that was passed by Bill Clinton, the freedom to access clinic entrances that made it a federal crime to block access to abortion centers. That kind of changed the calculus. Uh, there's been a somewhat of a, a resurgence, very small, of Red Rose rescues. Uh, have you Are you familiar with those? Uh, a little bit. I've read about uh, uh, Monica. Uh, right. Uh, and you no, know, she's 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 gutsy. I appreciate what she's doing, and I like the technique. I mean, as right. I understand it, I mean, actually going in there into the businesses, sitting down, handing a rose, engaging in conversation. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that is much better than the Operation Rescue approach again, which I admire the guts of the folks there, but that right. did not work. I think Red Rose is a much better idea. Yeah. And then, like I say, Monica Miller being a good friend of ours at Here Created Equal, we've been supportive of Red Rose Rescues in that they, you know, they're out to, to counsel the women, to stand in solidarity with the children as they are being executed in the abortion center. So we've gone through Tunnel Tom, Tunnel Dick. Let's get to Tunnel Harry. Uh, Tunnel Harry is the uh, helping women undergoing crisis pregnancies, showing them the reality of their child with ultrasound imagery and trying to create a culture of life. I take it you're a big fan of Tunnel Harry. Well, I am a big fan of Tunnel Harry. Uh, uh, my, my wife started the Austin Crisis Pregnancy Center and chaired it for a while. I chaired it for a while, so I've been involved in it at that level. But looking historically, that's what made, I think, the biggest difference in the late 19th and early 20th century when there was actually a decrease in abortion. Uh, and I think uh, that's so likely to make the the biggest difference now because you're working in two on two levels. Uh, you're working directly with the women involved who are the decision makers and sometimes the men as well. Uh, you're working with them and helping to change understanding, helping to be God's instruments maybe in changing hearts. And then you're also working on this other level of public opinion that mm -hmm. I've seen reporters who are who are hostile to the pro-life movement generally, but when they see the, the counseling, the kindness uh, of the women who are helping, and, and then they talk with the women who are helped, that, uh, you know, they, they find that harder to resist. So right. at that level also, both the personal level with the individual women and, and men, and then the level of public opinion, I think that's far more likely to be successful. Well, I guess you would put us in the category of Tunnel Harry then, as a created equal or into educating uh, young people about abortion uh, using imagery as well as, you know, sound arguments going to college and high school campuses, basically the public square. Yeah, no, I think I think pictures are, are worth more than a thousand words very often. So, yeah, we have the opportunity now. I mean, number one, to to see uh, children in the womb. We I mean, ultrasound has made a huge difference at lots of pregnancy resource centers uh, mm -hmm. and. I know there's a debate about the about the bloody pictures. Uh, mm -hmm. I've seen in one study that I think from your website showing showing that's helped. I think there are others right. who say it has hurt. But right. I'm I'm basically in favor of getting the truth out there and and letting people see it. So my own my own bias would be you know show what happens, uh, and that's what mm -hmm. journalists are supposed to do. And the sad thing about so much journalism these days is that journalists are involved in mainstream journalists are involved in covering up the reality rather than exposing it. That's true. My guest again here is uh, Marvin Olasky, and we're talking about his new book, um, Abortion at the Crossroads. You can pick it up at Amazon. Uh, uh, Marvin, so we've gone through Tunnel Tom, Tunnel Dick, Tunnel Harry. 
out of the three, which one's making the furthest progress in this uh, great escape analogy of the POW camp in Germany? Which one, which one of the pro-life movement is making the most progress and the one that we ought to be putting more emphasis on? Well, based on the past 40 years, I'd, I'd say Tunnel Harry, namely mm-hmm. the compassionate uh, approach, the educational approach. Uh, because, I mean, I, I look historically and... Laws are very useful. Laws are teachers. Laws can certainly make it harder for abortionists, but uh, especially if this telemed and, and abortion by mail stuff comes right. in, the law itself, laws itself, are it's going to be hard to stop that. The, the real battle, I mean, I think we know as uh, those of us who are Christians, we know the real battle is hearts. And mm-hmm. laws, laws, laws don't change that. Laws can have a help. Law, laws can educate. Uh, and laws can harass abortionists as they as they well deserve, but they but the laws right. by themselves don't change hearts. Right. Uh, so, Marvin, I wanted to shift gears a little bit uh, and just talk about this book real quick. Uh, and, well, first of all, let me let me ask you, why did you write? Why did you write write your current book, The Abortion at the Crossroads? You feel like uh, what was the poor purpose of that? Well, um, it's it's been 30 years since I wrote Abortion Rights. And mm-hmm. a lot more information has become available. Uh, so abortion at the crossroads was my was my re-entering this whole area of research and, and learning what's happened in recent years and then writing about it. And then and then from here, I hope people will read that. It's short, uh, I think easy, easy and clear to understand. But from here, I'm going to go and, and write a longer book uh, that will not only that will bring abortion rights up to date, but also take advantage of all the new research that's available. Back 30 years ago, I spent a year in the Library of Congress reading ancient or 19th century, early 20th century records of abortion. Uh, that stuff that you had to read there in person, a lot of it is now available online, plus things I didn't even know about. So just uh, here's one of the advantages of the Internet, along with all the disadvantages, that there's a whole lot of material out there that I now want to bring to bear on this on, on, in, a, in a new book that will, that will go the whole way. But for people who want to, who want to get a quick read, and understand what's involved in this issue and the various ways of dealing with abortion, then I think Abortion at the Crossroads is the book for them to get. And so, folks, uh, take action today. We want you to go and pick up this book. So go to Amazon. You can pick it up, Abortion at the Crossroads. The subtitle, Three Paths Forward in the Struggle to Protect the Unborn. Uh, My guest today is Marvin Olasky. You can pick up the book. If you want to be a well-rounded Christian and pro-lifer on abortion, you need to know the history of abortion. Uh, And uh, Marvin gets into that in this by using the Great Escape movie as kind of a launching pad for the three paths that have been historically taken by the pro-life movement and kind of evaluates those uh, based on their merits and how far along that tunnel has actually gotten. Uh, And I think it's a very uh, helpful book for you if you're going to take seriously uh, the battle that we're in in the abortion debate. Uh, Marvin, I want to get to a, a little more thorny topic, and that is we're seeing some abortion bans uh, being introduced across the country in state legislatures. In Ohio, we passed the Harpy Bill in 2019. We were a big part of getting that across the finish line here. And there's been a, a, a kind of a revisiting of what to do if a ban was ever passed uh, that would criminalize abortion, would criminalize the abortionists. But what do we do with the women? 
um, what what would uh, what would be the proper thing in in if if a law were ever passed to deal with the women that are involved in abortion? Now, well, I know you deal with that in the book yeah. too. So sure, um, historically, women were almost never prosecuted, not because not because people thought that what they were doing was right, but there were several reasons for that. I mean, number one. What you're really going after in this situation is the abortionist. Right. Uh, you think of it like, like in dealing with, with, uh, with illegal drugs. Uh, you, want to get the, you want to get to the drug kingpin, the person right. who's really running the show. And the way you did that is through the testimony of the woman. And you're much more likely to get the testimony of the woman to put the abortionist out of work and in jail if she's not going to be prosecuted also. So it was a, a pragmatic question of how to do it. But secondly, women were, and I think to a large extent uh, still, are often the victims of abortion. I mean, the, the children who are killed are obviously the victims, but women are also. They're often pressured into doing this by boyfriends, sometimes parents, uh, sometimes husbands. Uh, they, are, they are responsible, but nevertheless, they are, they are pushed into it very often. And there was a lot of sympathy historically uh, among in juries and among others for the women who were who were also victims, so I think right. that sympathy is another is another reason. So there's a pragmatic reason and there's a philosophical reason not to prosecute the women. I think that worked as that that's true historically and it's still true now. Well, and I like the part in the book where you talk about you know going back and looking to see if there were any prosecutions of women. You could find very few, if any. And the reason being that they, they give them an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to get the, the abortionist, which, uh, you know, is the real culprit here more than the women who are often victims, but not always. Uh, now, with the abortion pill, it would be a whole lot harder to prosecute women anyway, uh, right. because now the abortionist is really taken out of the picture in some ways because, you know, they're going to have some kind of uh, mail in abortion. Uh, so where where do we draw the line? Is there any would, would we want to prosecute women at all or just leave it up to? Because if you pass a law saying abortion is homicide, which is a, what a lot of these laws would do, uh, you would leave it to the prosecutors to basically bring the charges. Right. Right. And prosecutors are aware of what's doable and what's not doable in their communities. So, again, right. pragmatically, you're unlikely to have much success. In prosecuting mm -hmm. women, you have a, you have a mm -hmm. jury. Uh, jurors will often be sympathetic to the women as well they should be, and it seems highly unlikely that prosecutions would be successful. And therefore, you're not going to. I don't think you're going to see DAs doing that. Um, right. And still, the, there's still the question of 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 they they often are victims too. Um, right. One one more one more uh, Lincoln uh, quotation that. Okay. Uh, you know, people, there were soldiers in the Union Army who were deserting, and the, pun the punishment for desertion was, was capital punishment, execution. And Lincoln at one point protested and said, you know, should I shoot the deserter and leave alone the, the wily agitator who convinces him to desert? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think here uh, many women obviously are, are sinning by aborting children, but they have been, they have been proselytized in sin. Uh, they've been mm -hmm. often pushed into it by by boyfriends. Mm -hmm. They're desperate. Uh, mm -hmm. So 
I, I don't think you're going to be very successful prosecuting women. Not, not much. I, I just want us to go. Do you after think? The, do you think the laws should exempt them if they written? Should they be written to exempt them from prosecution, or we should just allow uh, prosecutors to decide how to deal with it? That's a that's a good question. Because um, right now, there some are exempting them, some are not. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between moral guilt and legal guilt. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were, if I were a prosecutor, again, I would I would not go after the women. I'd mm -hmm. I'd go after the the organizations that are right, right. now push, pushing for abortion by mail mm -hmm. and sending mm -hmm. them out, and would try to stop those. Right. My guest has been uh, Marvin Olasky, and he's uh, come out with a new book, folks. And you want to pick it up uh, by going to Amazon or any other bookseller that you wish online. And it's called Abortion at the Crossroads, Abortion at the Crossroads, Three Paths Forward in the Struggle to Protect the Unborn. Uh, Marvin, if you would, we've got about 30 seconds left. What do you uh, what, what would you ask readers to take away from the book? Um, well, number one, here are the paths. Here are opportunities. Uh, read, study, think and decide. Be involved, but decide a a wise way to be involved, the most effective way to be involved. And secondly, uh, pray. Uh, mm -hmm. This is, this is uh, uh, God has to change hearts, and we pray that he'll right. do so. All right, well, we got to go. Again, Marvin Olasky has been my guest today. Pick up his new book, Abortion at the Crossroads. Um, and thanks for tuning in to the Mark Harrington Show. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to the Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.